Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Be Together, a podcast that's going to guide you through all the things you need to know as we slowly start to come out of lockdown. I'm Chris Kowalewski from the Corporate Communications team here at Birmingham City Council and I'm your host today. Last time, we spoke to the leader of the council, Councillor Ian Ward, and Birmingham's Director of Public Health, Dr Justin Barney, who gave us an update and overview of what's happening in Birmingham with COVID-19. This week, we're looking forward as we start to ask questions of how we get back to normal. That's why today we'll be talking about transport, when to use the car, what's happening with public transport, and how we can all continue to be playing our part in keeping our friends, family and neighbours safe when we're out and about. So, without any further ado, let's introduce our guests. I'd like to welcome Councillor Wasim Zafa, Cabinet Member for Transport and Environment at the City Council, Ali Bell from National Express, and last but not least, Francis Thomas from West Midlands Railway. Hello, how are you all? Hi Chris, thanks for having us. Coronavirus has meant, with the exception of a few key workers, that transport's been extremely limited. What's that look like from your perspectives and how it's impacted Birmingham? Can I start with you, Councillor Zaffer? Yeah, so when the lockdown went into operation, there, there was obviously a major change in traffic in the city. At one stage, I think on Easter weekend, we'd seen a 70% drop in traffic within Birmingham. And that also had a substantial decrease in air pollution, so an increase in air quality in the city. Uh, so by and large, we saw you know, a drop in traffic, which is starting to increase again now that lockdown has been lifted. But we absolutely want to ensure that we don't go back to where we were in terms of loads of traffic, congestion, poor air quality in the city. And we want to encourage as many people as possible in the short term to walk and cycle and the medium and long term to use public transport, walking and cycle as their main form of moving around across our city. So, Ali, what's it been like on the buses from your perspective? Well, we understand that a lot of people have been locked down and so they probably haven't been anywhere but um, all the while we have been providing an essential service and we've had literally hundreds of thousands of key workers using our buses to get where they need to be every day you know this is bin men this is nurses this is people going into hospital and obviously especially older people kind of doing their supermarket shopping so we have flexed our whole network completely redesigned it six times already since lockdown it's come back up again it's now running at about 75 percent so we dropped it down and now we're kind of dialing it back up as the demand is kind of starting to creep back early days we worked really closely with tfwm transport for west midlands to provide free transport for nhs workers and the children of key workers so that they could just get in and not worry about anything they just show their pass they get on the bus they get to work we did introduce OAP and disabled persons passes, they could travel for free across the whole day. So we didn't stop them traveling for free before 9.30 like we normally do. That has now come to an end and it's a pound now for people with those passes to travel before 9.30. Because now that the schools are kind of starting to creep back, we need to manage that demand and not make and not make too many people all trying to be using the bus at the same time, because obviously social distancing. So the next few weeks, we envisage that the whole network will change again and it will be back up to about 85% of normal levels. 
So that's literally hundreds of thousands more extra, extra seats coming in. So there's there should be plenty of room for everybody to get on the bus. So it's all changed as far as the buses go. And we've heard there from Councillor Zaffa about the wider perspective. And now on to a mode of transport that I would use during normal times to get to and from work. That's the trains. Francis? Well, the great thing to say, and it seems very odd to say it, is that people have stayed away from the railways, which is exactly what we needed to happen. So footfall at our major stations in Birmingham is down by about 95%. We did adjust the timetable at the beginning of April, and that was to recognise two things, really. One was that there were fewer people travelling, but we wanted to keep trains moving for essential workers. More on that in a moment. But also, we were facing, as an industry, quite high numbers of colleagues being affected by the coronavirus itself. So at one point within West Midlands trains, about one in four of our colleagues was affected in some shape or form that meant they couldn't come to work. That number is now down to about one in 70. So we're able to run more trains and we increased the timetable in mid-May. But in adjusting our timetables, reached out to our NHS trusts in the West Midlands to make sure as much as we were able to say, as we are changing our timetables, tell us about your key shift changes so that we can run trains that work for you as local hospitals and, and local health centres. We've been very, very conscious of our role in keeping those essential workers moving during this crisis. I look forward to getting back to Snow Hill, it has to be said. I've forgotten what the place looks like, but I'm sure I'll re-familiarise myself once it's safe to do so. Well, we'll need to talk about that because you will find when you go back to Snow Hill that it's a very different place today than it was when you stopped using it a couple of months ago. Can you elaborate on that? Well, as we've been preparing for potentially more people coming back onto the railways with uh, social distancing measures being eased, we did a risk assessment for every station that we operate to say what happens if we get more people and we cannot maintain social distancing. So now when you go to stations, you will see maybe separate entrances and exits. You'll see queuing systems in place. You'll see markers on floors, both in the concourse and also in on the platforms, reminding you to keep two metres apart. The four-step rule on an escalator or a flight of stairs, keep four steps between you and the person in front of you to maintain social distancing. It really is a major exercise to be mindful when walking through a station now to take account of social distancing. So don't do what we all do and think, I've done this commute a thousand times and going to autopilot mode because that will break social distancing. So please stay away. If you can't stay away and you actually have to travel with us, please wear a face covering and follow the new guidance. Councillor Zaffer, that brings me on to another question, because as, as Francis has said there, there's a very clear instruction from government to avoid public transport, to use your own personal vehicles um, wherever possible if you need to get from A to B. But, you know, we've got that in the context of the impending clean air zone. There's been talk in the emergency transport plan that you've unveiled about an expansion on 20 mile an hour zones. And, you know, some people are even saying that this is anti-car, anti-drivers. How, how do you balance the coronavirus um, and that in the present climate? So, Chris, we, we, we've been on a, a bit of a journey, pardon the pun, here in Birmingham, where we've been trying to evolve from a city dominated by a private car to a city which becomes healthier, 
more greener and more active. And at the heart of that is public transport. You know, we've also got a real issue of a public health emergency in our city, which is air quality. Before COVID, up to a thousand people a year were dying prematurely because of illegal and unsafe levels of air quality in our city. And the one ultimate way of starting to address that challenge is by changing the behaviours of how people travel in our city. And that's where we're really quite excited that in the coming months we will start to continue work on the, the clean air zone. But there's a whole host of other policies within the draft Birmingham Transport Plan that we really need to push forward uh, to help Birmingham evolve into that healthier, healthier city. And for me, those that call us anti-car, we're not anti-car, we're just pro-healthier pro communities uh, because some of the health inequalities in our city really, really need tackling. And, and for me, those th- th- there's also a, a real issue of those shorter journeys within our city, those journeys of by car, which are less than one mile, which equate to something like a quarter of the journeys of a normal working day in Birmingham. And if we can get some of those individuals who are either doing school drop-offs or going to the local shopping centre, if we can get them to carry out those journeys by walking or cycling, I think we'll go a long way in tackling those health issues. But I, I, I think it's really important to also understand that, you know, over a third of the people in Birmingham do not own private cars. So the only way they can get into work in this current crisis is by public transport. So we've got to remember that when the prime minister and the transport secretary say, please don't use public transport, that, that message is to those who can have an alternative at this present moment time, which is private car. But if but for over a third of the people who don't have private car, they've only got one option to go back to work. And that is either the bus or the train or the metro. And we absolutely need to work with our partners. Um, and, and, you know, we're working very closely with Ali and, and Francis and other partners to ensure that our public transport system is safe for those that absolutely have to use public transport. Thanks for that, Councillor Zaffer. And if I can come to you now, Ali, we heard from Francis earlier about some of the measures that are being put in place or have been put in place on the rail network as far as West Midlands Railway is concerned. Um, What's going on with National Express and how things are changing there from the passenger point of view? Yeah, so just to echo what the councillor said, yeah, we even at the moment, we're carrying nearly a million people a week and they're probably people that haven't got the choice to go in the car. So it is really important that the people who can choose leave the public transport for the people that need it and absolutely support what he says. We can't lurch from this health crisis in straight into another health crisis about air quality and pollution. So we have been working really closely with this council and the other councils and Transport for West Midlands to make sure that the kind of building it back better with increased walking and cycling provision works really well with, you know, bus priority so that we don't just go, everything's got to be a cycle lane, that we look at it holistically and make sure that it works for everybody. So people that haven't been on a bus since lockdown, this is the new normal and your journey will be different. Just like on the railway, we are asking our customers to stay alert and stay apart to stay safe. It's important to keep your distance, keep safe social distancing. This is before you get on the bus. As you get on the bus, let people off the bus before you get on. Don't crowd around the entrance. We are putting on more buses so that there are plenty of seats available. So we are running at, you know, more buses than we would need in normal times so that there's loads of room on each bus. For instance, you know, we're using double deckers on routes that used to be single deckers. So you've got more room to space out. 
we're counting the passenger numbers really, really carefully. Obviously, we've got the ticket machines, but we've also got inspectors going around. And I know that Transport for West Midlands are also sending people out to monitor the situation. Uh, if it gets busy, they're radioing back to the control centre. We are redesigning routes and timetables if we think that there's issues that need addressing. But even in the short term, even on that actual day, we've got a mini fleet of um, what I call sweeper vehicles and they're sitting there on standby. Uh, and we can send them to kind of double up in an area or on a route where it gets busy. So that gives you more buses on that route or in that location. So you've got more space on board each bus. So as more people go back to work and school, we will try and tell people as much as we can on, you know, when are the best times to travel, if you can make that choice, obviously. At the moment, it there isn't really that much of a peak. So it's pretty OK to travel most times of the day. But you know we're not quite sure how that's going to pan out as people come back to work and go back to school so we'll be keeping a close eye on that and when we know when there's times that would be better avoided we'll make that information available we've got signs on the buses i know that tfwm have put signs up on the bus stops um to remind people that this is different that you have to concentrate you have to stay apart and in a similar way to the the health thing i think there's a, some feeling that you know, we may not all return to the office nine to five, Monday to Friday in the near future because people have got used to doing things slightly differently. And that's all good for public transport. The thing that public transport struggles with is massive peaks at, you know, eight o'clock. So the more that that gets smoothed out and the more people do work differently, I think the better public transport will actually become. On the issue that Francis touched upon earlier of face coverings, what's the policy on, on National Express services? So we are asking people to wear a face covering because government guidance is that people should use face coverings in enclosed public areas like public transport. So do bring a face covering and wear it. We're also asking people to bring hand sanitizer when they leave their homes to kind of protect themselves and also protect other people. Um, wash your hands before you leave the house. Wash your hands when you get to where you're going to. We are kind of sending the buses out in the morning with the windows open to increase the airflow to get some fresh air running through the vehicle. So we're asking people to leave them open or to open them if they've somehow got closed. And we are obviously, we have been since the pandemic started doing enhanced cleaning, especially concentrating on all those shared surfaces which get touched more often. So we've been doing lots and lots of extra cleaning to make sure that it's all as clean and safe as possible. Thanks. If I can come to you now, Francis, Ali there was talking about some of the unpredictability over when peaks may arise as people start going back to, to work or to school. And I think June the 15th could well be a bit of a D-Day in that regard as retail opens and as that expansion of the number of shops that can open. So how are you planning for that? Well, we've had a couple of false dawns so far where we've prepared for more people coming onto the network and so far haven't. It'll be interesting to see what happens on the 15th of June when the so-called non-essential retail outlets start to open up for business again. We thought we might see a peak with schools starting up, but we haven't. What we will be on the lookout for is social distancing because that rule, that requirement doesn't change. And social distancing will be with us for quite some time yet. So to give you a very simple example, the width of the inside of one of our trains is two and a half metres. That shows you the challenge we have. Add to that on platforms like at New Street or 
at Snow Hill, which are both subterranean stations. They're supporting buildings above them. They've got large pillars. It's actually quite difficult when you've got a significant number of people getting on and off trains to maintain that two meter social distance. So that's why the face covering becomes so important. We are going to ramp up our capacity. All of the rail industry will be putting out either more frequent services or longer trains to cope with what we think will be an uptick. But the message still has to remain. Don't come onto public transport unless your journey is essential and you have no alternative way of traveling. And even then, wash your hands or use sanitizer before you start your journey. Do so when you've completed your journey. Please bring a face covering. It will help you and it will help your fellow travelers. Some very sound, clear advice there from Francis. Thanks. And Councillor Zafra, if I can come to you now, obviously the council was involved with a lot of infrastructure projects that relate to transport. We've had, I think it's about 12 weeks now of, of lockdown in one shape or form. How, how have things gone? Has everything ground to a halt? For a very short period of time, things did come to a halt, but we absolutely understand part of the restart and recovery for the economy in the city is to restart some of these major projects and you know and, and smaller projects which play a huge role in supporting the local economy too so the more people we could get out working on these projects the bigger the impact in supporting that recovery within our city and, and region so things have started to get back to some form of normality when it comes to construction work and some companies are facing challenges but by and large I think people are starting to get back to work. So you'd say it was changing times, but also exciting times? Yeah, so with every challenge, there comes opportunities. And I think there's real opportunities in transport for us all to come together and start to imagine this new norm. And I think we've, we've also got to make some really tough decisions moving forward and implement some of these decisions far quicker. So the powers that we've received from government in this emergency Uh, gets rid of a a lot of the red tape to enable us to really push ahead. So I'm really excited about low traffic neighbourhoods within our city. I'm excited about pop-up cycle lanes, which will be appearing. I'm excited about uh, the e-scooters pilot that's coming. So there's a lot happening. And and I'm also really excited of, you know, where we can start to implement the projects to give buses the reliability they need. You know, one of the things that National Express and other bus operators are clearly doing is putting more buses uh, on the network because of social distancing to meet the needs we, we will need more buses but the key thing for us is getting buses through our city in a reliable way getting people a to b as reliably as possible and for that we we will have to introduce some some extra bus measures uh, bus reliability measures so it's a, for me it's a, an exciting time with a lot of opportunities as we move forward I think there's a clear message there from everyone on this podcast that things may have been put into a bit of a holding position for a short while, but all of the exciting plans that were there before the pandemic will very much be back on the table once we get to the other side of this. Councillor Zaffer, Ali and Francis, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Well, that's everything from us today. Hopefully it's been an informative listen for you. If you have any questions, please get in touch with us on social media via all the usual Birmingham City Council channels and use the hashtag Let's Be Together. We look forward to speaking to you again soon and please keep safe.